do believe adversity in our life, you know, can become an advantage. You know, I don't know. I think through struggle, struggles, we get strength. I believe that sometimes, you know, your mess becomes your message. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Chatting with Candice. I'm your host, Candice Horback. Before we get started on this week's episode, I wanted to do some shout outs really quickly. So first, we're going to hop over to my locals page and I'm going to thank Bully Frog. I want to say thank you to Bully Frog from locals. I want to say a big thank you to david morgan william watson and luke johnson from patreon and i wanted to thank lewis and matthew b for all of those cups of coffee all of the funds go directly back into the podcast so you are helping support the advertising and the editing and i couldn't thank you enough so this week i can't believe we landed this guest i'm so excited i've been a big fan of his for a while um his new book limitless is amazing so if you haven't checked it out yet i highly encourage you to order it it's a really fun read with lots of useful tips and tricks on how to master your mind please help me welcome the one the only jim quick Well, Jim Quick, I can't believe we are virtually sitting down together and actually having this conversation. Um, My husband and I have been consuming your content for what feels like ages, and I know I was constantly sliding in your DMs and asking when (laughs) we could make this happen, and you're super busy. So I wanted to first say thank you so much, and I appreciate you making the time for me. Oh, I I appreciate you, um, and I've been looking forward to it. And Thank you, everybody who's joining us for this for this conversation. Yes, yes. Thank you to all the listeners. Um, I I'm still reading your book. I'm on chapter mm-hmm. nine, and it what I love so far about it. Um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's very pragmatic. Like you give a ton of useful, um, applicable tips on how mm-hmm. to get the most out of your mind, and. I'm catching little bits of magic, which I think are so amazing, especially once you start talking about dreams. So I'm really hoping that we can get into the dream element. Um, And that's just like right up my alley. So I like something that I can kind of apply to myself in my daily life. And then also that kind of gives you like that spark of joy that gives you something to look forward to. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you mean dreams like like the dreams that you have at night or the dreams that you have in terms of the vision? Of your- well, both actually. Yeah, okay. both. So I've been like this whole, the last like two weeks have been gym, gym weeks. Okay. All, it's been all about gym quick in this house. So all of the <laughs> podcasts, all of the books, okay. um, all of like all of your content just consuming before you got on. And I really related to you in the sense of um, being shy, like being like very shy, like don't look at me throughout school for one reason or another. Really? Um, I know. And it's probably surprising for most people, right? Because you're a professional, like you're a public figure, professional speaker, author. Um, you host all of these really great workshops. And then I obviously am also a public figure as well. So it's like, how can these two people that have such a platform be shy? That just mm. seems um, counterintuitive, right? But I find a lot of people I talk to actually share this kind of um, this theme throughout adolescence. So I, I'm curious, do you find that too? Because like, your, your circles are also very public. Do you find that um, a lot of those public figures as well have kind of gone through those trenches and shared that feeling of being shy and introverted and don't look at me? I think, yeah, I think my my superpower growing up was really hiding, you know, hiding in the shadows. And then, you know, because of my traumatic brain injuries and my learning difficulties, it was just becoming invisible. 
right? I got very good at shrinking down. And um, I think it's at some level, we all want to be seen, we all want to be heard. But, mm -hmm. you know, I think out of trauma and fear, you know, you're looking for safety, you're looking to protect yourself. So I had to give a book report, I would, you know, I would get make myself so nervous, I would end up going to the nurse's office and, you know, making myself, you know, very sick. And, um, and I would avoid getting the attention because I felt like at some level I wasn't enough mm -hmm. and I didn't have a lot to offer. And, um, and it's interesting, right? The universe has a sense of humor. You know, my two biggest challenges were learning and public speaking. And that's all I do for a living is public speak on this thing called learning. But I do believe <laughs> adversity in our life, you know, can become an advantage. You know, I don't know. I think through struggle, struggles, we get strength. I believe that sometimes, you know, your mess becomes your message, right? And I think that um, on the other side of it, it's um, sometimes like I don't know a strong person that had a really easy past. I, did, mm -hmm. I can't think of one person. And, uh, you know, the individuals that I would get to work with in sports or entertainment or politics or what have you, it's um, like everybody has their own path and, and there's, no, there's no judgment and there's no right or wrong. We all have different experiences and expectations, um, you know, access to different things. Um, but I feel like, um, there's a quote in limitless from a French philosopher. He says, life is the C between B and D life is C between B and D. And people might think about what does he mean? B stands for birth. D stands for death, life, C choice. Mm. I think all along the lines, we have choices that we can make. And, um, and sometimes we make mistakes and we don't even know that they're mistakes because that's, you know, there's some kind of judgment around that. Sometimes it just, you know, it's just uh, feedback. Right. And, um, mm -hmm. You know, and but our choices, you know, we are the sum total maybe of the choices we made up to this point. But I'm, I'm a big believer that today, you know, everyone who's listening, that your today is stronger than all of your yesterdays combined. They, they just are, right? We can't change a lot of our past, but we can learn from it. And we don't have to be proud of our mistakes um, when it comes to a lot of people are in fear of making mistakes or looking bad like I did as a child. Um, we don't have to be proud of them, but we could be proud how we're handling it today, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and so you know, life is life is messy. Just some like just like learning sometimes is messy, but um, we control the controllables. And um, and so for me, it was being not just introverted because I came from a family that had immigrated here, and culturally it was just very more reserved. Um, mm -hmm. But also going you know through school and being bullied, teased, and you know it made me more more shut down and shy, uh, which is different than in being introverted, right? Mm -hmm. and so, um, yeah, but now, you know, I, I still need to sometimes have my own space. I don't know how you are, but it yeah, helps same. me to rejuvenate me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's one of those things I was reading and it, their explanation of extrovert versus an introvert was that an extrovert tends to get energy from crowds and being mm -hmm. around a lot of people and an introvert tends to get their energy from their solitude. And I would definitely be in the solitude category. Yeah. I, it doesn't mean I don't like to socialize because I do in like small doses. But if I go out too many times, even just like to dinners or just socializing a little bit too much, I'm like, I, le I leave drained. Mm. Yeah, I feel like um, I was talking to Susan Cain who wrote a book called uh, Quiet. I was talking to her and and Simon Sinek, you know, it's one of my favorite authors, Start With Why. And they were saying, I, I liking it to um, an introvert wakes up with five gold coins and these coins represent energy. And every single time they engage with somebody, they give up one of their coins to that person. Mm. And then after they're done with their five, they have to go back and recharge um, 
An extrovert's different. An extrovert wakes up with no coins and they're going out and every time they engage with somebody, they get a coin and <laughs> get a coin. I they, like get, that. they get charged by it. But um, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of power in both kind of uh, both personalities without a doubt. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Man, so we have more in common than I thought. I also spent a lot of time in the nurse's office. Um, <laughs> mine was more anxiety around uh, lunchtime. I never knew where to sit. I moved a ton, so I never had a core group of friends that I really mm -hmm. identified with. Um, so that was like my out as well. And I cannot wait to get into your parenting segment that you have on like your bonus um, bonus right. content because a lot of this, we have um, an almost two-year-old. A lot of it, I try to apply to him in parenting because for me, it's like I feel like I've done a lot of work to get where I am now and I'm really in like a happy place and just continually like trying to, to grow and um, <laughs> to learn and just improve myself. But it's like I see all of this potential with him, right? And how can right. I avoid as many missteps as possible with parenting? And a lot of people call it conscious parenting and um, and all of that. I had one specific question um, from a selfish standpoint. So there's that age-old saying that you're like you you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with right yeah. so it's like very important to be cognizant of where like who you're surrounding yourself with and i feel like when it comes to kids if you tell them to go left they usually want to go right <laughs> like if they go through that rebellious stage so when um they're developing and kind of figuring out their sense of identity how would you say um yeah. to parent that, uh, I guess that lesson to them in like the way that they're going to absorb it mm. um, more than fight it. I, I, I feel you. Um, so I'm, I'm not, not an expert on, on parenting, but the strategies that we teach are definitely brain-based in mm -hmm. terms of regardless of what age or what stage somebody is in. Um, certainly, you know, this phrase that we are the people we spend time with, the average of the people we spend time with, there's there's definitely some truth to that. And uh, we always tend to imitate the people around us. We have something in, in our nervous system called mirror neurons where we tend to adopt. I always tell people to watch, W-A-T-C-H. I use a lot of acronyms <laughs> to make it memorable. But um, we start imitating the W, which is people's words. You know, um, children will start using the same language as um, as as people in their household. You know, mm -hmm. certainly, and, and those of their friends. The uh, A in watch stands for actions. And uh, regardless of our age, we start imitating the behaviors of the people around us, uh, the gestures, the mannerisms, the, the activities. Um, the T in watch stands for our thoughts, you know, which is that kind of that internal language that we have, which, you know, thoughts are very powerful. Um, they're, you know, the, the mind, thoughts are the language of the mind, feelings are kind of like the language of our bodies. And we start. I mean, the same kind of thoughts of the people around us um, that are in our environment. Like when, when I was a child, I was slowing down a class and a teacher, you know, said in front of the whole class that that's the boy with the broken brain. And, you know, that thought, I, I was imprinted on me, right? It's not something I was mm -hmm. born with. And, but I, that became my, my dominant thought. Every single time I did badly on a, you know, an exam or a book report or wasn't picked for sports, which was pretty often, yeah, I would always say, oh, because I have the broken brain, you know, that thought. Um, children just absorb those things. Um, mm -hmm. And then finally, the C and the H, the C uh, character, you know, in terms of, uh, of who we are and the standards that we have. Um, I read recently, 
Somebody shared a quote saying integrity is measured by the distance between somebody's lips and their life. And mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, mm-hmm. I always feel like it's better well done than well said. But um, mm-hmm. then finally, the HR habits. And that we tend to pick up the same habits as the people we spend time with, eating habits, you know, their study habits, their entertainment habits. You know, so it's not just our neurological networks. It's really our social networks. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I, I think the things that I'll, I'll say when it comes to, to whether you're it's a teacher or a parent or anyone working with children, I believe it's better well done than well said, meaning that, you know, it's not just we say it, we show it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of even online, you know, I think it's nice to post quotes and it's, you know, it's better than we don't promise it, but we prove it. And I think that the life we live are the lessons that we teach. Mm-hmm. You know, the life we live are lessons we currently teach others. And so they won't, I don't think children will so much do as, as we say, as more as, as, as what we do, you know, mm-hmm. my, my, my goal is even if somebody has somebody in their household that they want to change, I mean, I don't know if it's possible to change somebody else. Just right. think about how hard it is to change ourselves. Exactly. But I think we could be an expiring example for somebody, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's, I think that's leadership, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, our, whatever hat or role we're, we're playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that saying that says more is caught than taught. Mm, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one's really stuck with me in, <laughs> in the parenting realm, especially it's like, don't focus too much on this tell like saying this is what you do. It's just mm-hmm. showing up as the person that you want to be and then hopefully leading by example. Yeah. And I think um, you know, in school, it's, you know, I hope that they in- interject more social and emotional learning, you know. Um, you know, helping people, having children develop a, a sense of self-awareness, a level mm-hmm. of self-management, and also um, you know social uh, emotion to be able to manage relationships you know have awareness of those things because it's it's a big part of how we develop you know as human mm-hmm. beings yeah school is huge and it's that's the most impressionable time of our lives and for some reason there's still not an update there we have you know this 19th yeah. century education system and it just doesn't really apply anymore um so I think well, like right now we have our son in a Montessori school, which I think is great, great, but it only goes to eighth grade. So then you're like, well, what do you do after you give them all of this freedom and then you stick them into a traditional school? He's going to be like, what is this? I have to sit for eight hours a day and be talked at. And um, right. it's like we have so much information that we all just don't learn at the same speed or our interests aren't the same. And um, it goes into having – What's the book that I just started this book? I think it's called Reeducation um, by Charles Murray or something. It, it talks about multiple intelligences. So, like, just because someone is, you know, excelling in math and someone else might be falling short, it's like, well, where where should we be placing this kid? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Saying we all have to be A's in every category. And it right. kind of comes full circle to to purpose, right? So it's at this young age, we should be in this very curious state of exploring all of these topics to see what you want to spend the, your adulthood um, going after instead of acting like we're all identical carbon copies of one another. So I think right now, especially in the millennials and the Gen Zs, we have this purpose crisis. And we're like, mm. well, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be passionate about? What am I supposed to be um, spending all of my time away from my family and my loved ones yeah, um, you know, like what's that sacrifice for? Mm. Um, 
And I know that you've talked a little bit about purpose on like several other podcasts. So I would love for, because when I look at someone like you, right, it's someone who's like, who's clearly found it, or maybe it found you, or maybe it's a combination. But I find it so interesting that you have these series of um, traumatic brain injuries, and now you're like a master of the mind. Yeah, thank you. Um, So I would say, I think you make me uh, blush a little bit. I (laughs) I don't know if people are listening to this or watching it on on, on, on a a screen somewhere. But I feel like um, going back to what you said about children, you know, I think it's a it, it's interesting because it's not, it's not always how it's not how smart you are. It's I think it, the better question is how are you smart, mm-hmm. not how smart somebody is or your children are, but maybe how are they smart? And as you said, it's it's you know people learn at different speeds, but they also learn in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're studying multiple intelligence theory, um, which is uh, created by by um, Howard Gardner out of Harvard, it's basically saying it's just. And even if you look at the SATs, you know, you have verbal and you have mathematical, but there, you know, it's just the standardized test. There's so many other ways that somebody is, could have genius expressed a level of expertise. You know, what about visual spatial intelligence? People are just great artists or architects or graphic designers. You know, that's amazing. I'm always impressed by, by those people who have expressed that strength or kinesthetic intelligence, people who just have an amazing, you know, affinity for and gifts around using their body. Um, mm-hmm. dancers or athletes and so on you know there's also like interpersonal intelligence people mm-hmm. you know they're just really great at communicating mm-hmm. um, and so there's so so there's so many different forms and i don't think you know a lot of the standard those tests out there could really it's like hey you know the same potential that you have when you're eight is the same as you're gonna have when you're 88 so i don't, I don't buy into intelligence is fixed but going into this area of, of purpose and passion for me, um, passion and purpose is a little, a little bit different. You know, um, sometimes people, we use it interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I define it more as passion is something that lights you up. Mm-hmm. And purpose is how you take that passion to light other people up. And so that's a very functional way of kind of how I organize it in my mind. My, um, my passion hasn't always been learning. Um, you know, I struggled until the age of 18, you know, from all through school. Um, elementary school, middle school, junior high, high school, until I discovered and developed the, these strategies um, and these tools and these strengths. But now pa- I have a passion for learning. There's not a day I could go without listening to a podcast or reading a book or having a deep conversation or you know going online and going to a conference. And I just love learning. Um, that lights me up. And um, I've discovered that my purpose is sh- helping other people to learn. So that they can light themselves up, and that really that that lights help light them up, and so they can shine and not dim themselves. And so, um, with with children, I think you know, passion is not some about necessarily uh, choosing the right path um, or some kind of professional destiny. I think it's about experimenting. You know, giving yourself stimulus, or you know, parents uh, providing stimulus or novelty, and see where that child, or see where yourself, what ignites your interest, your curiosity, your, your, your joy. You know, I think it's about rediscovering sometimes more our authentic self, mm-hmm. you know, and when I say authentic self, I mean, that part of you that, that, that comes alive, right? Not the one that's been muted or sedated, you know, somehow buried underneath a pile of other people's expectations, needs, or opinions, kind of drowning out the noise of marketing and media saying that you're not enough, or you have to 
be a certain kind of way. Mm-hmm. And so I think what um, with passion is giving like children, for example, enough stimulus or we're all children, no matter what your yeah. age, if you're mm-hmm. eight or 18 or 80, giving yourself enough stimulus to see where your heart goes, your curiosity goes, when you start thinking about it's kind of taking up a lot of your mind share. And then, um, and then just discovering it is just is part of it, but also you also have to develop it. It's like people talk about relationships and they want to discover true love. You know, mm-hmm. you could just, you could discover a person, but it takes, you have to develop it too, right? You have to build it every single day by showing up. And it's not just even in relationships, like a 50, 50 thing. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, you, people knowing themselves, giving a hundred percent of themselves and someone else doing the same. Mm-hmm. I have my, my, my dogs in the background. <laughs> totally fine. That happens to me all the time. There's like a bag that floats out the front window and then they both go nuts. So it's no worries. It's just part of the whole virtual podcasting. Appreciate it. Um, go ahead. No, I, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think um, it's really hard to find or I guess to maybe rediscover your authenticity when you have so much noise around you. And I actually wrote that all down when you have social media constantly telling you that you're not enough. And for me, it's like, it goes into one of your ants, right? So your automatic negative thoughts and my number one, because I love that you have the little accountability exercises throughout the book. (laughs) Um, It makes, it makes you pay extra attention and then honest and like do a self-evaluation as you're reading, which I think Mm -hmm. is super helpful. Um, So mine, I mean, I fall into this all the time and I think it probably happens for people who spend a lot of time on social media, which is comparing or saying I'm not enough. And then Mm -hmm. seeing these metrics, like these external uh, figures that are saying you're not enough because you're like, well, I only got this many views and they got this many views, right? It's terrible for your self-esteem. And then it gets really easy to try to tweak the version of yourself to get more engagement. And then you're kind of giving away pieces of yourself and your authenticity in doing so. So it's like, how do you how do you take the feedback constructively without sacrificing your authenticity? Wow, that's that's a big question. Um, I mean, my where my mind goes when when you when we having this conversation is, I believe our, I mean, we could have a everyone has a to do list, right? And I think we should work like like really focused and and um, relentlessly on building a not to do list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, certain things that you don't want to uh, you know put your energy towards. Um, mm-hmm. It's easy to say, you know, don't compare yourself to others, um, you know, but part of how we identify ourselves is how we stand out, you know, and how we fit in, right? And mm-hmm. interesting, as a child thinking about it, I haven't really thought about it, but, you know, I desire to fit in, but we also have this desire to also stand out. Um, you know, when it comes to caring what other people think, you know, I really do believe fundamentally, um, you know, how we present ourselves, it takes a lot of energy, right? Like, it's like all this energy we sometimes put into what the image we want to put out there. Right. And then there's this more energy also put into the person that we're afraid people will, you know, like we, we fear people are going to see. And then maybe it's there, there's another energy body like ourselves. So it's like our energy is split like three different places and people wonder why they feel burnt out or they just feel exhausted, you know, mm-hmm. all the time. And when it comes to fueling yourself, if we fuel our life, with the opinions and expectations uh, of those around us, both positive and negative. I'll, I'll say it on both sides. 
mm-hmm. um, then we're going to probably run out of gas, right? Because it's not very sustainable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's nobody, nobody has the right necessarily to define who, who we are, right? And I think that it's, it's easy to say, but the only opinion about ourselves and our dreams, you know, that counts is, is ourselves. And I think we do ourselves a disservice when we let the noise of other people's opinions and expectations distort our own reality. You know, it subverts our own thoughts. It drowns out our own true uh, voice of who we are. And I'm not saying we don't learn from other people and get mentors, but no, owning that we are, you know, we and we alone are 100% responsible for our life, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, it's, it's not easy. Um, like there's a lot of things are very simple, but that doesn't, but there be also that difficult. And so comparison is a, is a challenge because when we overthink or we have self-judgment, you know, I really feel like we talk about it in the book, like digital depression, you know, mm-hmm. where we're constantly comparing ourselves to the highlight trailer of, you know, the people that are there. And sometimes, you know, the grass is greener on the other side because of the filter they're using, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or there's a lot of artificial turf online also as well. Mm-hmm. But the truth is it's greener you know, where we water it and where we nurture it and where we nourish flourishes. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my, my thing is, um, because it's easy, you know, with when, you know, as, as you build following and everything to really feel like that's, that's life. Um, for me, honestly, social media, it's not because I'm so enlightened. I just, it stresses me out, honestly. (laughs) Uh, so I Mm -hmm. spend, you know, very uh, less and less time over the years on it. Um, but I would say when, if you're going to use comparison, the, person we should be comparing ourselves to is, you know, uh, just ourselves who we were yesterday, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe comparing yourself to the best version of yourself. You know, it's not about being perfect. It's about, it's about progress, right? It's about the consistent mm-hmm. effort that you bring every single day uh, mm-hmm. that lead to incremental changes in our life. Cause I think little by little, a little becomes a lot. And that's really, that's how winning happens, right? That's how, how transformation happens. Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, I wanted to go back to a part um, in the beginning of your book, and then we mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast. So when so when it comes to your story, again, there there's so many moments of serendipity that I see throughout like your life, or at least that's how it presents itself, right? So you have um, – you're about to quit college, and you're overwhelmed, and you just like happen to go to this friend's house and happen – his dad happens to ask you the perfect question to just take <laughs> off all of that armor and you should just let all of your emotions and your feelings and your frustrations out. And then that kind of set you, um, maybe set, I don't know if it's like overstating, but set you on a different path or maybe nudged you in a certain direction. Yeah. I did want to ask, did you get that list all the way done? Do you still have uh, it? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, reflecting on it, I, I, I wish I had that physical list still. Um, there's so many moves and I also lived in a number of cities and um, I hope someday I could rediscover it. Um, But remembering what a lot of things on that list were um, for for his context for everybody, you know, I I was ready to quit school and I didn't um, because I wasn't doing well, you know, my freshman year and I didn't have the money to be there. And, and a mentor asked me, you know, well, why are you in school? What do you want to be, do have share and made me make this like bucket list, if you will. You know, this was three, 30 years ago. Um, and, but because of it, it got me into my purpose in terms of why, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, a lot of things on that list were things I wanted to do for my family, you know, things they could never afford, or even if they could afford, they wouldn't do it for themselves. So I'm, I'm happy to say at least 80% of the things on that list were, were, were definitely accomplished. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And it makes me happy because I think, you know, in terms of purpose and the changes over time, um, because we change over time, um, mm-hmm. but the things that light us up and I think every, I think reasons produce results, you know, reasons reap results in our life. And sometimes if we feel a little bit disconnected with things, not feel fulfilled or engaged, I think it's important. I always tell people the most important thing is to keep the most important thing, the most important thing, you know, and just, and, and that's, that's kind of like your true North. I think, especially the past couple of years, like, I think people are very sensitized to because sometimes it takes life conditions and, and difficulty or a pandemic or something to be able to help you to get clear on, on, on who you mm-hmm. are and mm-hmm. what you value the most. And um, so I like setting things up around, around that. I don't feel like I have to motivate myself a lot when, when you find more and more of that thing that, that, that drives you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you, I guess are being led by purpose or something bigger, do you feel like that's when things start to kind of present themselves to you, like opportunities start to happen? Um, Another case was your Marvel Studios story, which was really great. And you were having this really great exchange that led you to be on um, the production set of X-Men, which is amazing. And it's, um, I think, lending yourself, I don't know, being vulnerable and... um, authentic and paying attention to certain signs. And then that's when these opportunities tend to flourish for you. I don't know if that's how you see it or if you're just, you can find meaning in anything and not necessarily everything has meaning kind of. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I don't know what the truth is, but I know what I decide is for me um, because I just honestly don't know if it's coincidence or it's providence or it's, you know, something that I'm designing. I, I choose to believe that, um, I, I, I choose to believe, and I don't have a lot of evidence to back this up, but it's just kind of my belief that certain things are are meant to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we also have free will what to do that. Like like certain uh, things maybe were meant to connect, but then you have free will whether you push it forward um, and you have choice, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I do know from a brain perspective that when you're looking for things, you're going to find it. Mm-hmm. You have part of your brain called the reticular activating system where at any given time, there's a billion st- stimuli we could be paying attention to. So primarily we're deleting most of the stuff out mm-hmm. and we start to pay attention to things that are interesting to us, that are important to us. And uh, I find that when we start asking those questions, we start letting those things in. So I think there's, uh, for the most part, mm-hmm. there's opportunity surrounding all of us. It's just, do we see it in front of us? Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's, I think the difference that makes the difference there. I did a podcast. We have a podcast that, um, that we do. It's just like 15 minutes long, but I did one on getting unstuck. And I think all of us, sometimes we feel like we're stuck. Right. And yeah. it was a story about a driver that, you know, is driving a very tall truck and wasn't paying attention. And so the driver goes underneath a bridge and it gets stuck because the truck is just too tall. And the more and more that he presses on the gas, you know, lo and behold, the more stuck it becomes and then he tries to back out and he can't back out anymore and then a crowd starts gathering around wanting to know what's going on there's traffic backing up and the emergency supports you know they start showing up and 
they started coming up with different ideas. They started pushing the truck in, nothing happened. They all started pulling it out and nothing happened. And they came to the conclusion that they would have to like blow up the truck. That That's what, you know, all these experts thought about, you know, and then pull out the residual pieces so the traffic could flow through. But when they came to that conclusion, there's this six-year-old child in, in the crowd and and the child just yells out, why don't you just let the air out of the tires, right? <laughs> and then they did that, lo and behold, the truck lowered and they were able to back it out. Um, I think the answers are always there. I, I have a belief that that it is, but we don't necessarily see all the answers, kind of like the elusive obvious. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times, um, you know, if we're looking for something um, and, you know, looking for opportunity, um, the challenges and, you, you know, like we've, and we've done podcasts on this too, is just whatever you, just like there's an algorithm to Instagram, whatever you mm-hmm. engage with, they give you more of. You mm-hmm. you watch all the cat videos, they show you more cats, <laughs> share cats, common cats, cats. And then you think their whole Instagram is just cats, right? Mm-hmm. Well, your mind has that algorithm too. Whatever you engage with, you get more of. And so if people are just looking at what's dark and threatening and scary and fear-based media, if it bleeds, it leads, right? Mm-hmm. Um which is a big control mechanism, right? When somebody is fearful, you know, and they're in survival brain mode, it really, you're, you're, you're held hostage away from rational thinking. You're held oh, hostage yeah. away from logic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a different conversation. But if I'm just focused on what like scary and threatening, I'm engaging with that, just like the cat videos. And mm-hmm. so I start seeing threatening, dark, scary things all over the place. The mm-hmm. challenge though, it leaves very small bandwidth for gratitude for possibility, for mm. opportunity, right? Um, and so I believe that, you know, the things that we look for, we, we see more of. And so um, the part of it, I think, is, is, is more neurological. No, that, um, I love that story with the truck. It actually made me, so we were, um, we were driving the other morning and there was this lady coming in the opposite direction and it's like a four lane um four lane road with like a suicide lane in the middle and it's very busy and people speed and she's in the far um right lane going about five miles an hour and we're just watching and we're like what's happening and she's kind of swerving i was like she drunk at eight in the morning like this is crazy and we just realized because we were going in the same direction that she was just lost but she was so frazzled and like so upset and anxious at not knowing where she was that she was behaving in this way Mm. that could be interpreted as drunk and it's just as you said when you're in that state it's really hard to critically think or to problem solve um you kind of get well you actually literally do get tunnel vision when Mm -hmm. you're in that state um and then my husband goes, well, we've all been drunk at 8 a.m. And not talking about like actually being drunk, but the neurological effects, right, of just having that limited uh. capability of problem solving and just being aware of your your uh, space and time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was curious, so do you have any hacks for when you find yourself in that high angst or um, a state of frustration or anger to be able to kind of pull yourself out to soften it a bit so that you don't misstep or you don't, mm-hmm. um, you're not as easily influenced, all of those things. Yeah, I, I feel you. I think all of learning and all of life is, is state dependent. You know, our emotions, um, you know, when think, think about it, we're not logical, we are, we are biological. When you think about dopamine and oxytocin and serotonin and endorphins, we are this like chemical feeling soup and we don't do things logically as mm-hmm. much as we do it emotionally, right? Mm-hmm. right. And um, 
And so if we're in a confused, fearful state, um, we're not going to, we're not going to parent the best. We're not going to study for that exam the best. We're not going to give that wonderful toast at that wedding that we want to, or, or be able to perform on the field. Right. Mm -hmm. And so chronic stress, it actually shrinks the human brain when we're creating cortisol and adrenaline all the time, it puts us in fight or flight or freeze. Mm -hmm. And that's not a place you want to live and build, you know, your dreams and create, you know, the, you know, your, your desired life. Um, chronic fear, by the way, suppresses the human immu immune system, mm -hmm. all areas like um, psycho neuroimmunology, right? That uh, it makes you more susceptible to colds, the flus, the viruses, and you know, yeah. so like, you know, so fear is certainly a virus, you know, uh, into itself, and it really compromises And When we're in fight or flight, or we're freezing, you know, the challenge is, we're not, we're not accessing the parts of ourselves that executive functioning where we could you know, that higher order rational thinking that those creative centers of our, of our mind. And so if you get flustered, right, from, oh, my God, I'm so nervous, I have to give this presentation, or I'm, I'm scared of, of approaching that person I'm attracted to, or, you know, studying for this exam, you know, we, the first thing to do is obviously you want to control how you feel. Um, you know, I think it's important, everyone has their to do list. But I think what if we cultivated a to feel list every single day? you know, these are three emotions, like I want to, I want to build and develop, you know, because emotions are, everybody has a set point, right? Like mm -hmm. they just have an, a set point for happiness or a set point for stress. And that's kind of like their norm. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like it's a muscle too, that the more we, we, you know, like we look for stuff that's funny, or we watch funny things, we go to comic clubs, whatever, then we just we cultivate those things. Same thing with love you know, or mm -hmm. anything. So I think one of the questions you ask yourself before you need to perform is not, if, you're, if anyone here is facing a dilemma or a decision or a difficulty, most people ask, what do I need to do? I would say, step back from that question. Instead of saying, what do I need to do now? Who do I need to be? Mm -hmm. Right. And come from, because if you're going to choose to be compassionate, you know, in, in a difficult, like arguing, maybe you're entering an argument with your significant other or a child, um, then if you choose to be compassionate, then the behavior takes care of itself, right? If you choose to be loving or understanding, you know, then mm -hmm. the, the behavior happens, the actions happen more naturally. Um, I think the fastest way to change the way you feel is through our body. Sometimes it's hard just to like mentally just change things in your mind. Mm -hmm. But I mm -hmm. think sometimes when we move our body in different ways, it puts us in a different place. So, and that could be something as, as getting up and dancing or listening to some music, putting a big silly smile on your face, you know, mm -hmm. something that gets you out of that mode because it just, and then also you generally changes the, the feeling pattern of the people around us also as well, because it's unexpected, right? It mm -hmm. kind of interrupts their, their normal frame of feeling also. Um, so I would say, yes, of course, we have autonomy on how we feel. Nobody could, you know, even though sometimes we feel like, oh, we react to the environment, to media, to politics, to the weather. Um, we, we decide, right? One of my favorite books is a book uh, by Viktor Frankl called Man's Search for Meaning. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that we could choose what experiences mean to us. And so what I would say is always start with our body, you know, like moving our body, putting our shoulders back, you know, our physiology affects our mm -hmm. psychology in a big way. Um, and this the second thing it's just to remind ourselves that, you know, we are not our thoughts, right? And we don't have to believe everything that we think. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to change our frame of mind by just saying, if, if you're in a hot debate with somebody, 
asking a different question. Like, what's silly about this? You know, do I really want to be right or do I want to be in love? You know, changing your focus onto something that might be more empowering. Sometimes what we resist in life tends to persist, right? Mm-hmm. You fight and then they, that person like, you know, kind of digs their heels in and, and then you're just like, then you just feel exhausted and you can even just forget about what everything, you know, why it even started from the beginning. But I would say we control the way we feel. And going back to choice and the power of choice, we could always decide what to think, how, you know, what we react, you know, and those actions lead to experience, then mm-hmm. experience lead to feelings and those feelings feed those thoughts again. So it becomes very mm-hmm. cyclical. And we have a choice point at all, all times to decide what those things are. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely stronger and have more control than we realize, but we always control the controllables, even with children. Like if it's a bad weather, you know, outside bad, and that's been, there's a judgment on it's raining and mm-hmm. or storming, you know, like even the, what we were talking about in the beginning of the conversation, it's like, if we, if we act, Oh, it, it, this sucks. It's, it's so bad outside. And we're teaching a child, like your feelings and emotions are dependent on the weather. Right. Even something subtle like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we just give up our agency or our sovereignty, you know, to something outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. No, th- I, that's one of my favorite books. I think it's one of those that every single person needs to read. It's just yeah. enlightening. Like if someone can go through the darkest, darkest possibilities of human existence mm-hmm. and come out the way that he did and with his reference, anything is possible. Um, and I loved your reference for fear. Did you see that video that Tony Robbins made? I think it was like the beginning of 2020 and it was all on fear. And um, it was like this very cinematic music kind of thing. And he was – I because it, it's just that, right? If you are in a state of fear, they've done studies, um, your immune system goes in the trash. Right. And what a time for that to happen, right? So mm-hmm. you want to have this boosted immune system. You want to be healthy and vibrant, but everywhere you look, they are perpetually dumping fear on you. And you're like, whoa, that's irresponsible, um, knowing the data. So it's up to the individual to turn off of those, turn off all of those devices and those channels that are making you feel that way and yeah. do something that makes you feel healthy and happy and, um, and, re- like, and it gives you a sense of vigor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's so important to disconnect so we can reconnect sometimes because, mm-hmm. you know, if you watch like Social Dilemma and some of these documentaries, you know, in terms of digital, and I'm not negative against technology, mm-hmm. this, it allows this to happen, right? It's, right? it's amazing, but it's really how it's used. And, mm-hmm. you know, they talk about how billions of dollars are being spent to be able to control our, our time and our attention, which is the one thing, that's what our life is made out of. People could always... Mm-hmm make more money or something, but they can't get that time back or that, mm-hmm. that focus or that attention back. And, you know, and they have not only billions of dollars that are directing you to their platform or their product, um, but they also have, you know, some of the top minds on the planet, you know, behavioral psychologists that really understand what it takes um, to really kind of hijack our focus. And, um, but so that's why we have to be, we have, we need some kind of resolve right? We need to be able to own our habits and, and be able to, technology is a wonderful tool for us to use, but if the mm-hmm. technology is using us, then then who becomes the tool, mm-hmm. right? And, and and I feel like that it, it's wonderful for, it makes our life so convenient and we have access to the world's information. And I think it's nice to go outside and go for a walk and get grounded and get some sunlight and play outside and, and not spend all our time on, on, on devices. Mm-hmm. 
No, I couldn't couldn't agree more. It's having that healthy balance between all of it. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, you can't you cannot make it in today's society without having technology be some significant part of your life. It's going to be very very difficult. Um and I I was curious too. So when it comes to technology and the brain and you see things like Neuralink that are promising <laughs> to be in your minds. Yeah. What what did he say like 20 2030 or something? It, it, it was it was coming. <laughs> crazy soon. Um are you excited about this? Are you going to be a first adopter? Are you going to wait and see? What's your opinion? Because you've somehow done what <laughs> he's going to do with the device, but you've done it organically and naturally. So um, um, I feel like your perspective would be interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've done some some deep thought on on this and, and, and reading and just thought experiments. I think everybody ultimately has to choose, just like right now, you know, we have access to a lot of technology, how much we want to um, to engage in it. Um, here, here's, here's my stance. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be an early adopter for a, a lot of that. You know, I, I like to do things um, more, what I consider more, more, more natural. But then again, you know, I didn't foresee myself having you know, when, when, when I was growing up, like they would say, oh, yo, yo, you would never have a calculator with you. So you have to do this math and be able to do it you uh-huh. know, <laughs> on paper or in your head. But we have calculators, we have, we have everything inside of our pockets, right? Um, and it's always within arm length. Like I, there's some, some scary within like 90% of our day, we're within an arm length distance of our devices. And so, you know, is there a difference between having it out here or just, you know, implanting it, you know, here? And, and, and again, it is incredibly convenient to have access to, you know, I do trainings at Facebook, at Google, even SpaceX and Nike and performance organizations. Um, you know, when I did trainings, even at Google, they were like, one person least stood up is like, why do I need to be able to have a good memory? We built this search engine, right? I had the world's access. And my honest answer is when I'm talking about organic is I think part of who we are as human beings is um, I lost my grandmother to, to Alzheimer's when I was very young. And so when I was going through my learning difficulties and my three traumatic brain injuries, you know, that all these things formed, you know, my, my values and my, the direction of my life. But I feel like it's not just remembering facts, figures, foreign languages, the stuff that we teach in our podcasts and books and courses. It's about remembering our life. If our life is worth living, it's worth remembering. And mm-hmm. the truth is what I talked about, you know, to this individual in, in Google was that, you know, our life is the sum total of all the decisions we make. True. And we can only make good decisions based on the knowledge that we have. And if we have knowledge, it presupposes we remember it, right? And, you know, while it's good, you know, I don't want to memorize 500 phone numbers, right? But it should be concerning we've lost the ability to remember one or two or three phone numbers or yeah. a PIN number or a passcode or something somebody just said or something we just read or something we were going to say or somebody's name. And that definitely interrupts, you know, our, our efficiency, our effectiveness, Um and I want, I want that just like, you know, just like, you know, we work out and exercise because we want to feel alive. We want to feel strong. We want to feel healthy. We don't want our, you know, parts to atrophy. Well, I don't want this, you know, I always have brains all around me and shirts on my brain, just not only for branding, right. Um, but also <laughs> because we, what we see, we take care of, we, you see your hair, you see your skin, you see your car, you see your clothes, you take care of those things, but we don't always see the thing that controls everything, which is is our brain right so that's mm-hmm. why i probably wear you know the brain shirts and 
point to my brain all the time, um, <laughs> just to remind us to, to love our brain. So I would say that I would love to get the most out of my current, you know, organic self uh, because I am I am passionate, you know, pursuing potential. That 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 just lights me up more than anything. The, in, mm-hmm. the potential in myself, potential in other people that are around mm-hmm. me. And so I love to, I love to take a natural approach to as many things as possible, you know, but then again, you know, I, I, I swim in the ocean, you know, every single day I go hiking. I like them like more natural that way. That being mm-hmm. said, I love my devices. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I love having access to, you know, to every movie, television show, uh, podcast, YouTube video, creative thoughts. And um, so I want to be able to have that and I'll do as much as I can you know, through training and, and, and personal fitness and lifestyle uh, to maximize it. And I won't be the first ones anymore than I'd be the first ones to, you know, I do a lot with Virgin and, and Richard and, but I don't want to, I don't want one of those first thousand seats. Up to this, <laughs> I just don't, <laughs> you know, um, but I'm very curious what it'd be like to, I've done zero G flights and, and stuff myself. Oh, anything, that's awesome. Anything gets me out of my head because I have to be just cause I'm pretty heady in my life. But, um, but yeah, uh, I'll be somewhere somewhere in the middle, and I, I'm excited about what it can do in terms of fighting disease and and you know uh, give us thoughts to be able to cure cancer. I mean, who knows the potentiality of it? You know, mm-hmm. for me, I put my stuff out there. Ninety five percent stuff is just free on YouTube or podcasts or what have you, just because I don't know if there's some child in some village and you know in some third world country that listens that, that has access to mobile and listens to a show and on creativity or innovation, they, and they do come up with, they become the next Malala or, you know, big thinker and they're, they're out there doing, the, you know, the good work. No, I think it's always great when you see people that have a lot of open source information, because I think it, it really magnifies the type of person yeah. or I guess maybe their goal, right? Like if you, if you say that your goal is to really enlighten humanity, but then everything's behind a paywall and it's priced astronomically, then I don't know. I'm like, well, well you should be giving something back. It has to come back to contribution on some level. Um, and obviously everyone needs to get paid, but again, it's yeah. like finding that balance between growing yourself and then being able to grow other people alongside of that. Oh, I like that. Um, I like that a lot. Oh, thanks. Um, when you were talking, when we were just talking about like the potential of your brain organically and then all of the technology and sometimes, have you seen the movie um, Onward? No. It's a Disney movie. Oh, cool. um, so it's about magic and it's about a world of magic and everyone forgot that it existed because technology happened. So you would have these beings that could like fly or they were fiercely strong and brave and they just forgot who they were because they got so stuck in the day-to-day life Mm. and uh, and modern day living. And I was like, man, if that's not a metaphor for today, right? Like we just don't have potential because everything is is handed to us and it's a Google search away. So you actually inspired me to stop Googling so much. And I kid you not, I saw results in like (laughs) a week, less than maybe. I would force myself to kind of visualize a little hamster in my brain and that they would be running down into my subconscious and like shuffling through the information because I'm like, I know it's there. It just needs to be retrieved and brought back up. So I would do that little exercise and then I would start recalling information a lot quicker than I used to. Um, oh, so that like makes me, practice. that gives me, that gives me goosebumps. I, I call, <laughs> I call them truth bumps because I, 
I feel like um, we all have that potential. And sometimes, again, technology is wonderfully convenient. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the book, you know, in the opening, I talk about those digital forces, the, 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 like the, the mental apocalypse, like the, the horseman, <laughs> if you will. But one of them is digital deluge, just too much information, too little time. That's why we teach speed reading, accelerated learning. And there's digital distraction because there is a price to pay being on devices all the time where we're getting this dopamine flood you know, where we're just like addicted to it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so we get distracted by every like, share, comment, cat video, app notification, social media, alert. it just goes on and on. And we wonder why we can't focus in a meeting or focus when we need to read or be there with our kids or whatever. Um, and then besides digital deluge and digital distraction, you have digital dementia, which I mentioned. Our mm-hmm. memories used to be so much sharper, but we now we don't have to remember anything. Right. right. But the, the last one besides the digital depression, which we talked about comparison is digital I, I coined this term digital deduction and digital deduction is kind of like digital dementia where we don't have, where it's about instead of memory, it's about our thinking ability because a lot of things, especially media or even school, they teach you what to think, but not how to think. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so because it takes so much cognitive energy sometimes to think, then we just like default it to algorithms that tell us, Whoa, what are you hungry for? Or, when should you do this? You know, or even like, you know, whether it's politics or anything else that you're engaging with, it just shows you more to validate what you already believe, you know, as opposed to having to look at something and like zero based thinking and, um, and be able to think for ourselves. And I think that's, that's a challenge for children. Um, and even adults also as well, we get overwhelmed mm-hmm. with so much, we just want to be told what to do, what to think, and that's overload or confused mind, you know, doesn't do anything. You know, it just mm-hmm. usually defaults to an authority, you know, whatever we're giving power um, because it's just so overwhelming that we don't want to think because um, it takes so much energy. You know, we're already mm-hmm. tired from doing all the, everything we're doing with work and, and trying to balance everything. Mm-hmm. So I would say that thinking is like a muscle. I'm just even wearing the shirt for those of you watching. <laughs> like I just, I'm just a very pro the, our ability to, um, you know, school teaches us what to learn and what to remember, what to think, but not how to learn, how to remember and how to think. And I think those core skills are very important to add, as well as the social emotional stuff we talked about also. Mm-hmm. You know. No, I, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I was, when it comes to like thinking from zero, for, mm-hmm. I forget who was saying this, but they said a really good practice for developing critical thinking and to, kind of step into your own independent thought is to go back to the original pieces of work, the original biographies Mm. and philosophies um, and like reading Aristotle and reading Socrates and reading Marcus Aurelius, like going back to the original thought leaders and get off of social media, which is such a dumbed down version of that. And then to kind of assess where you fall in between those lines and to develop your own style and belief system and values rather than having someone decide those for you. Because if you don't know what you're, I feel like a lot of people were like this and even myself just um, up until somewhat recently is not having that clear definition of what your values are and your beliefs and your principles. Mm. Um, Because that's going to guide you and that's going to guide your family. And then that's ultimately going to determine your future, whether you are cognizant of it or not. Very much so. And I think Mm -hmm. a part of it is because we're so overloaded, you know, know, a lot of people are working from home or they're living at work. They're just confused, you know, everything everything's changing that they don't even schedule time to think, you know, schedule a white space uh, or mm. they do their thinking like in between things. And it's kind of, kind of rushed. And I think that 
the future belongs to those deep thinkers and those creators. You know, that's our value in society today. You know, most of mm -hmm. the people who are listening or watching this, they're not paid purely for their physical, physical, like their brute strength, but you know, a lot of it is our brain strength, you know, mm -hmm. and where a lot of jobs they go to, it goes to become automated or artificial intelligence. You know, what's not going to be outsourced as easily are things that machines problem solving, you know, uh, cr uh, creativity, you know, our ability to, um, to imagine things. I mean, these are mm -hmm. things that are truly limitless. And, um, and that's really, you know, it, so we live in a very exciting times. I believe the future belongs to the creators. Um, but, you know, we're not taught a process for thinking. I think it's also not only are we not dedicating time to do the, those activities. I love to just, I mean, not everybody could maybe in their mind afford to take 30 minutes just to shut down. But if you don't have 30 minutes, then I feel like you need to take an hour or more, you uh -huh. know, and just be able to do, do those things, you know, well. And sometimes we're just so addicted to saying, oh, I'm just so busy. And we get some kind of secondary gain by saying we're busy because we're communicating, you know, you know, I'm important because I'm so busy. The problem is we start designing our life to be busy all the time. And we wonder why we're, we're stressed and burnt out and just exhausted. Um, so, so in, in the, we do a whole chapter on critical thinking and problem solving and decision making, which I think are just, you know, course strategies we should have learned back in school. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the thinking that's out there is, is we have about 50 to 70,000 thoughts. Think about thinking uh, a day. The challenge is 95% of those thoughts are the same thoughts we had yesterday and then <laughs> the day before that and the day before that. And we wonder if thoughts lead to actions and actions lead to, you know, results or experiences and experiences give those feelings, then back to thoughts. If we have the same thoughts, we're going to do the same actions, get the same, you know, results and have the same feelings and it becomes cyclical. And so when do we actually sit down and be able to make small adjustments? Because one step mm -hmm. in another direction could completely change your destination. Right. Some mm -hmm. people will call it their their destiny. And that's mm -hmm. the power. And it's again, it's that simple, but sometimes it's that difficult. Right. That's mm -hmm. why I think it's important to expose yourself to things that, you know, make you think, you know, like podcasts and, and all the things we have unfeathered access to like all of the world's information, you know, and so it's it's exciting, without a doubt. That's also, it also made me think of a, um, a compliment of your book is that it's not the traditional hustle culture mentality that you see everywhere. Like you, you value sleep and you value rest, um, yeah. and like recharging. And I think that's so crucial. I, I really hope that becomes the new trend is people that are um, putting a high priority high priority on um not burning out right and not yeah. like whose calendar has the most appointments because that's <laughs> not going to lead you to feeling fulfilled or um recharged or any of that yeah. so with your sleep chapter i thought it was interesting because you gave a lot of like neuroscience mm -hmm. right what what happens cleaning out the plaque and um kind of helping it preserve it against neurodegenerative disorders mm -hmm. like alzheimer's or dementia but you all, the part that really got me was like the magic piece, which yeah. was, you know, all of these brilliant people got their ideas and their dreams. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar. I think it was um, Thomas Edison and he had this protocol when he was trying to come up with a new invention is he would sit in front of the fire with these um, weight bearing, like those, mm -hmm. uh, what do you call them? Like those like 
heavy ball, like ball, iron balls with mm-hmm. plates underneath. And he would recline and he would get um, a little bit drowsy. So putting himself into a theta state. Yeah. And then just as he would dip, he would drop the balls, wake himself up and then immediately journal. Yeah. And then a lot of his ideas came that way. So um, I'm curious if you have an opinion on where these ideas are coming yeah. from. Is it mystical? <laughs> do, you, do you have more um, like of a science backed yeah. answer? Like what's your theory i mean i'd love to believe that there's a universal mind and we have access to it and you know mm-hmm. when you know and we're connected and you know certain people have the same idea you know roughly at the same time you know i i can't you know with authority say that but mm-hmm. I, I choose to believe that there's there's an intelligence that's there mm-hmm. um going going back to the 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 sleep and the restoration i think that's really important because it, you reach and then we can't be reaching all the time, right? You can't just be working out all the time. You reach mm-hmm. and then you have to recover and then you repeat, mm-hmm. right? So you reach, you recover, restore, and then you repeat because health is health is wealth, right? We know yeah. health is wealth. Connection is the new currency. Inner peace is the new rich. You know, service is the new success. Kindness is the new cool, you know, as it always has been, right? Um, but I, I come from that place where you learn so you could earn, so you could return kind of like what you were talking about in terms of giving back. And so that that's the spirit and the kind of the soul of what we, we, we talk about. Um, going back to the power of sleep, yes, absolutely. If anyone's listening to this and they don't feel like they're getting the, if you're not waking up refreshed, if you feel tired or lethargic, you have a brain fog, if um, you have trouble with long-term memory, those are all the benefits of getting good sleep because if you don't get a good night's sleep, you can't make decisions next day. Your focus is everywhere. Um, your temperament is, you know, very, sometimes we're not as rational or as kind the next day. But um, in addition to all that, we dream also. And so a lot of our creativity comes from the theta and the delta states. So we have different brainwave states, right? Beta is where we're awake, which is hopefully everyone who's listening right now is, is wide, wide awake. Um, alpha right below it is the state of relaxed awareness. Um, that's a state that we design and we create for people to, um, to rapidly learn, actually. It's where your conscious mind is set aside and we just absorb information quicker because we don't have that critic conscious. So like we, we are geniuses, right? But like our conscious mind can only handle so much. A lot of what we've learned is unconscious. Like you think about, I don't know, Ken, how, how many lyrics to songs do you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like in, in hundreds, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Thousands potentially. But mm-hmm. how many do you sit down with note cards and just like, you know, study mm-hmm. and do any of it? We learn best when we don't even realize we're learning. Right, mm-hmm. so we all have that natural genius. So in the alpha state, you're that's where your conscious mind is set aside, and you just absorb. Television will put you into an alpha state. If you've ever tried to talk to somebody, they're really into their movie or show, and they don't hear you because they're in a trance mm-hmm. because of television programming, which is kind of interesting. Like <laughs> the word programming, <laughs> um, and it's At one thing. Honest about it, <laughs> yeah. It's dependent depending on what we're watching. Is just you know that's what's kind of going going in. So beta alpha. Underneath alpha is a theta state that you mentioned, and that's really the state of of creativity. Um, and there's certain things you could do to get into that. It's kind of like that in and out of sleep. Mm-hmm. Day, like when you first wake up, when you're going to bed, um, you have all these thoughts. Um, in, when you're taking a shower, I don't mm-hmm. know, like you, if you if you come up with these ideas, you know, when when you when you're when you're taking a bath or a shower, just um, it's always when you can't write things down. <laughs> um, I took five showers this morning just to 
prep for our conversation. <laughs> I have a lot of good ideas for you. So, but the water puts us in that state, right? It, it relaxes mm-hmm. us, um, and it, it's it's a great uh, fertile ground for new ideas, new inspiration. And then delta is when we're sleeping, and we'll probably spend about twenty years of our life sleeping, twenty full years, um, about three to five years total uh, dreaming. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in that REM state. And that's that's pretty amazing because you know as you mentioned there's a lot of creation that happens in dream states. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones I mentioned in the book, like um, Mary Shelley created Frankenstein in her dreams. You know, Paul McCartney came up with the song Yesterday in his dream. A chemist created the framework of the periodic table in his dream. Elias Howe created the sewing machine. Like you know, he's being hunted by um, people and they were throwing spears, and but at the end of the spear there was like a little hole and it gave this idea for like a needle and. Just the whole machine, right, came out of that. Um, I know a lot of athletes, a lot of stories of athletes like um, Jack Nicholas. He was shooting high 70s and he was in a real slump playing golf and he had a dream about shifting his grip. Like it was so real for him. And he got out on the, co- uh, the course the next day and he, and he shaved like 10 points off of his game. You know, so it's like your mind doesn't shut off at night. It's actually in some ways more active. Mm-hmm. And what is it doing besides cleaning out plaque and you know, restoring and integrating long-term memories. It's um, it's coming up with ideas. And it's one of the things, activities I do before I go to bed, actually, I'll introduce a question in my mind before I go to bed. And kind of as, as a preface, have you ever like um, had to wake up a certain time and you set the alarm clock? Maybe it's particularly the early time, maybe you have to catch a flight or do something for your child. Um, and And you wake up within minutes of that alarm. Have you ever done mm-hmm. that? Like that's the power of the human mind. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that that's how amazing it is. And so instead of just doing that, you know, what if you had an intention before you went to bed to to dream about certain things? Mm-hmm. You know, ask yourself uh, some kind of question and don't don't ruminate over it, but just think about it a little bit. Like you want to know the answer, give it some positive energy, write it down maybe in a dream journal. And then when you wake up, the first thing I do every morning is I pick up my journal i only have like three or four things by my nightstand yeah. actually that would be a good interview question on a podcast <laughs> like what are the three or four you know what do you have on your nightstand right uh-huh. um like for me i have like my aura ring like my sleep device i have like a chili pad kind of thing that cools down my mattress because I, I sleep better in the cold um you know different than my my partner who likes a different she likes a different temperature um I put a glass of water there the night before that's room temperature. So when I wake up, I could just drink that water and stuff like that. And I have a fiction book and a journal, right? And so I just mm-hmm. I'll, I'll write in my journal first thing in the morning about the things in my dream. Yeah, because a lot of times people will dream amazing things, but they'll forget <laughs> that morning, you know, just mm-hmm. like disappear out of their mind and they wonder where, where it went. But um, I, I found so many of my gems, you know, over, over, over the years came from that magic. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's great advice is to have a journal by the bed, definitely the water. Um, and then so I did this brain training thing and they said something very similar. They said before you go to sleep or to take a nap, they say ask Theta mm-hmm. and you ask Theta the question or the, to solve the problem and then hopefully it comes to you in your sleep and again, yeah. not to ruminate on it and then just wake up and write whatever comes to you. Um, so I think that's just so cool. It's just, again, it's the magic that gets me because it's so elusive and no yeah. one really knows. And all you have is just your feeling and your intuition about what it is. Um, but nonetheless, it's still really neat. Yeah. I, I think that's, and I think that's why we're here. You know, part of why we're here is like, you know, we have to take time and make time, you know, because we're the greatest project we're ever going to get to work on. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so we have to take time and make time to to create magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. I want to thank you again a hundred times over for doing this podcast. I had an amazing time. Um, can you please tell the listeners where they can follow you, how they can support you, and um, where they can get your book? Yeah, Candace, thank you so much. I, I could talk to you. I would love to do this again. Um, I would love to have you back. Yeah, for sure. that would be fun to go in and go deeper in any of these areas. But I, mm-hmm. um, I would say to everybody that there's a version of ourselves that we haven't met yet, and the goal is to show up every single day till we're introduced. And I, you know, I put my energy in the brain because I find that it's our minds that are really controlling and influencing every area. So if people find this interesting and they want to learn how to learn faster, how to read faster, how to improve their focus, remember names and languages and all that stuff, um, I put a link in my Instagram profile. So that's actually the easiest place. It has a link to a free uh, one-hour speed reading uh, jam session, a masterclass. Just bring a book and I'll show everyone how to double their reading speed with better, more fun and comprehension um there's links to our podcast and our youtube and so it's one of the most binge listened to shows on spotify because it's, it's, it's short and people listen to it how to remember names and how to give a speech without notes what are the best brain foods and kind of fun topics um and then on social media you know i would challenge everybody can i challenge everyone to do something yeah, yeah um i would love everybody it. to actually take a picture of wherever take a screenshot of wherever you're consuming this right now and then post it and then tag both of us in it so we get to see it. And what I would love for everybody to do is just put in the post one thing that they learned in this conversation, maybe a quote, um, or maybe something that they're going to do for their their brain, you know, to love their brain a little bit more. And um, I'll actually repost some of my favorites just as, you know, just because I just, I think, you know, one of the best ways to learn something is to share it and teach it to somebody else. And mm-hmm. so if you could put some, um, you know, uh, reflect on this conversation, maybe post an idea or two, tag us both so we see it. I'll repost uh, some of my favorites. And I'll actually send a copy of Limitless, uh, my book, to, uh, to a couple of people just as a thank you. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's nice. That would be fun. I think leaders are readers. You know, I just feel like that, you know, it, what a wonderful way to shortcut, you know, the the you're getting what you want in life. You know, somebody's written a book on it somewhere. A negotiation mm-hmm. or parenting or real estate or health and fitness. And if you can sit mm-hmm. down in a few days and read it, you can download decades into just days. And that's an incredible advantage. Mm-hmm. And I just want to remind everybody that really, like, you know, I want to thank you for, for making this possible. And just, um, you know, I appreciate you bringing this information out to life. I appreciate not only what you do, but also the, um, the manner you do it. You know, you have, you. You, have, you have this way about you where it's just, because I think everybody needs this. I think everybody, I think life is hard because of, you know, we're talking about adversity for mm-hmm. just two reasons, you know, because you're leaving your comfort zone um, or because you're, you're staying in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we grow by stretching ourselves and exploring the wondrous worlds, you know, that live beyond our current abilities and understandings. And uh, so I, I appreciate this conversation and I, I hope people continue. You know, they listen, they listen to, they should listen to your show right from the beginning. You know what I mean? Because there's these, these gems. One idea could completely change your life, you know, mm-hmm. and you never know where it's going to come from. And some people are like, no, I don't want to do that because I'm afraid of change. And then what if mm-hmm. I was to ask everybody, you know, what if you fast forward five or 10 years from now and your life is exactly the same, you know, exactly the same. There's no, no change, no progress. Would that make you happy? And so mm-hmm. people who are fearful of change, I would say, don't change you know be an agent of 
adaptation, right? I know you had my friend Tom Bilyeu on the show, and mm -hmm. he's just saying like human mind, the human body is the ultimate adaptation machine. And mm -hmm. so that is the vehicle we have. And so drive it to where you want to go and don't give up on the thing that you want most or the things that you, you want in the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you have power inside of you. I don't downgrade. Don't, don't shrink everything that's possible. The, all the amazing things in the universe to fit your mind, you know, expand your mind, fit all that all the amazing things that's possible. Magic. Mm -hmm. It's all about magic. Yeah, me too. Oh my gosh. Again, this is amazing. And I wish we had more time to keep going. So I'll definitely have you back on. But um, I will also repost for everyone that shares. I'm really excited Yay. to see where everyone was, was listening and uh, what they learned. So thank you again. And I'll see you guys soon. Candace. Well, that's it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with a buddy, share it on your social. Um, if you tag Jim or myself, we will retweet or repost our favorite ones. Again, just let us know where you were listening, where you were watching, uh, maybe the something that you took away from the podcast, something cool that you learned. Um, and if you haven't left a five-star review or if it's been a while and you have a moment, I would really appreciate you taking the time to do that. That actually helps me a ton when it comes to uh, the algorithms and the searchability. So um, if you have a moment, leave a five-star review and share it with a buddy. So I'll see you next time. Thank you.